face as hard as you can. And then tell me whether or not Lost was a good TV show. Hi, welcome to All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues. I'm your host, Nolan Pavlich. And I'm Emma May. And we're here to talk about Lost, specifically episode 13, Hearts and Minds. But before we get into that, we, you know, this is All the Best Podcasts Have Daddy Issues. We normally like to ask a question at the beginning of every episode about our relationship with our fathers, but I thought it might be fun, given the theme of this week's episode, to ask Emma, do you, well, this is a two-part question, part one, Okay. do you have any step-siblings, and then part two is, if so, how much money have you spent uh, bailing them out of relationships? No step-siblings, um, okay. so, yeah, zero dollars. What about oh, you? Wow. That's a bargain. So I don't have any <laughs> step-siblings. I have one I have one half brother which like even even just say that out loud right now that I just say brother usually mm-hmm. it, I, that might be the first time I've ever said half brother out loud. So not a step sibling. Uh but I have spent around $700,000 uh sure. getting him out of bad relationships. Yeah. Uh, You're a good brother. Well, you know, a half brother, come on. <laughs> um but really he's just a regular brother and I think of him the same. Well, okay, not good the to case know. for Boone and Shannon. No, no. Um, they, I would say Boone and Shannon have a different relationship than I have with any of my siblings. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> okay, well, so yeah, uh, initial impressions on this episode. What did you think? Hearts and minds. This was a bottom, like, 50% episode for me. Maybe even mm-hmm. bottom 25%. Mm-hmm. It was not my favorite. Yeah, I would put it about there. It's there's elements of it I like, but there's um the the character stuff isn't interesting and it doesn't really move any kind of plot on the island forward enough. Mhm. Um there's a lot of the little stuff that I like, like uh it, it seems like they let Jack just walk around and talk to random people this whole episode. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, which is good. I, it's nice to have conversations with people that are kind of low stakes. Because we don't get that a ton. It's usually at the beginning of an episode setting up the plot. So it's nice to, that they got more time to run around and do that. But I think that the reason that they were able to do that was maybe because the other stuff was a little bit weaker too. Yeah. Yeah. And then the cute stuff with Kate and Son. I really liked that. But again, uh-huh. that was only like, what, a minute of the episode? Where yes, they're kind of bonding. It did make it into the Hulu episode description. Did it? <laughs> I yeah, have to the, start reading Hulu, those. <laughs> I know. The, it was, Kate is puzzled by the revelation that Sun can speak English. Um, okay. That is the description for this week's episode. Is, is it really? It's, yeah, that's so bad. I just don't... It's like they. It's like somebody watched like two minutes halfway through the episode and was just like, okay, yeah, let me just write down what happens in this scene. Perfect. That's exactly what happened. It feels like if you're like, if you go to the Hulu thing for like a like the Titanic, it'll be Mm -hmm. something like, oh, the band keeps playing despite the chaos going on around them. And you're like, yeah, I mean, that happens. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what it was about, though. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. Well, uh, this episode, Hearts and Minds, came out on January 12th, 2005. Um, It was directed by Rod Holcomb. Um, He has directed a lot of television i looked through his filmography nothing that really like stuck out to me as uh particularly pertinent for lost besides the episodes of lost that he's directed but and then it was written by carlton cuse and javier grigio Marswatch. um but he's written stuff that we like right yeah i think i would say he wrote house of the rising sun and all the best podcasts or all the best uh, cowboys <laughs> have daddy issues but yeah this was a little bit i mean and maybe that's carlton cuse i don't know i mean so carlton cuse is um he i don't know if he is at this point it's kind of hard to to parse but eventually he will be one of the showrunners of the show oh, right okay. now it's damon lindelof and eventually it's uh carlton and damon are both going to be the showrunners but at this point, he might just be a writer and like an executive producer, but not quite at that showrunner status. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. But eventually, uh, Damon Lindelof gets to a point where he's just overwhelmed by this, and uh, he ends up needing help from Carlton. And then they end up 
taking it through for the entirety of the rest of the show. I don't know if he was looking for more help from J.J. that he didn't get because, of course, the beginning had already been made, so J.J. Right. was done. He jumped ship a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. J.J. was too busy writing the first 45 minutes of a different movie. Mm-hmm. Well, so Hearts and Minds, I don't... Here's Okay, here's what I will say. Hearts and Minds is... Uh, a term that stems from the strategy used by the U.S. military to curry the popular favor or approval, i.e. win the hearts and minds, of the Vietnamese people during the Vietnam War. It has become a popular term today denoting the way a society can use its military and public relations skills to conquer a country, not necessarily through brute force, but through winning the hearts and minds of the people. Well, that made my stomach churn. Yeah, it's sinister in its very uh, nature. Yeah. Uh, How do you think that that applies to this week's episode? Here's my thought. It doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) Waiting for you to help me out there. Yeah, I don't see the correlation. I thought it was going to be like a play on like B.C. Andrews' Flowers in the Attic or something like that. It's this book from, I think, the 80s, but it's, like, about a brother and sister who fall in love. And it was, like, really popular in the 80s. But, like, I don't know. I think they they could have done more with the title. Yeah. Did did it say why they picked that one? Did you see anything? No, I can't find anything. The Lostopedia uh, website, I went on there because I was like, there has to be a reason, and... Both of the reasons that it gives are, like, extremely uh, flimsy. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would like to think that maybe there's some, like, he Locke thinks he has to convince Boone so that he can then... I don't know. Like, it just it doesn't make any sense. I, I After I, you know, had to stick my foot in my mouth over the House of the Rising Sun, I mm-hmm. don't want to say... <laughs> The reason that it's called Hearts and Minds is because it deals with Boone's heart and mind, and Hearts and Minds is also just a separate saying. I do think that that is the case, but maybe as we're talking about this today, we'll stumble across the reason. Maybe, like, thinking about how the island, well, I mean, we'll get there, but in a way, like, the vision that Boone had. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, the island was trying to conquer. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the most... That would make more sense than anything that I've read so far, but also, it still does not make that much sense. Sure, yeah. It just is... Uh, I, yeah, it just doesn't apply. It's just so it's, so... it's such a specific term. Well, let's jump in here. We open on Boone um, staring at... We, bo- we open on his eye, and then he is staring at Shannon and Saeed. Uh, this fits perfectly with the end of last episode where he was um, a giant creeper. He is mm-hmm. uh, also a giant creeper at the beginning here. I mean, there's literally like the horror music, uh, horror movie, like violin strings music going yeah. on in the background. Like, it's so wild how creepy it is. Um, Very much so. That's, that's something about this episode. I mean, there's a lot of confusing things with it. I can't tell whether or not it wants me to like Boone or not. I... I can't tell either because I definitely like didn't end this episode feeling like I don't it it didn't really change my feelings about Boone and that's another thing that's really disappointing is that I feel like the best character arc stories like unravels a little bit of that character and I didn't get that with this one like it was all kind of stuff that I could just assume with the context of seeing them interact on the island Right. Up until, like, the last scene, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, yep. The, yeah, I, I mean, Boone is, like, really possessive on the island, at least for the beginning portion of this episode. But in the flashbacks, I guess he you could describe him as possessive, but he also is not behaving in a way that... He's not behaving in a way that would be wrong, necessarily. Yeah, right. Like, he's trying to be a good guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe the whole, like, I pay my sister's boyfriends to leave her type thing. I mean, that's obviously... There's some mess up stuff there. We'll get yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I... 
the where the show wants us to think of Boone and Shannon at the end of this is very confusing for me. Mm-hmm. Sa- Saeed has brought uh, Shannon some high heels that he found in the wreckage of the plane. Uh, this is nice gesture for her, so I guess I'm not going to criticize it. I, I would be insulted by this. Where's she going to wear high heels? On the beach? Nowhere. I, I don't like, yeah. you don't wear those anywhere. But I will yeah. say, Saeed, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would accept trying. a gift, even yeah. if it were like shoes that I could never wear from Saeed. That'd be okay with me. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, you, you don't think that that's like a little bit insulting? Like, hey, I just found these shoes, and I know that you're just, like, someone who only cares about useless shit, so you can have... Well, when you put it that way, Nolan. Like, oh, hey, here's... <laughs> hey, I found these credit cards for you. You like credit cards, don't you? She seemed impressed. She, yeah, she, see, it worked for her, so maybe maybe he got her measure down exactly right. I don't know. So I'm sorry, I don't want to hate on Saeed here. Uh, Hurley interrupts Boone, uh, trying to watch this interaction... Uh, to ask why they haven't brought back any boar lately. We know as an audience that it's because they've been spending time at the hatch, but they uh, they haven't been uh, bringing any boar back to the camp. And mm-hmm. that is a big theme throughout this episode. Everyone's very worried about it. Seems like maybe if you have 40 people just sitting around doing nothing, wondering when's the food coming back, one of them will just say, oh, you know what, I'll go look for some boar. But what can you do, I guess? In flashback... Uh, Boone is uh, at a tennis court with his girlfriend. They're, they just got done playing a nice game of tennis, I guess, and uh, Shannon calls and says she needs help, and we hear it sounds like someone's attacking her. Uh, she's clearly in some sort of abusive relationship, and she's in Sydney, Australia. What I will say about this, I mean, maybe Boone is just an absolute, you know, player, and so this woman means nothing to him it does seem like it was his girlfriend though right like yeah they're playing tennis together and then walking arm in arm off the court um so he did just like this was like three days before the crash mm-hmm. so he does just have a girlfriend that i guess he doesn't ever bring up or talk about i i just think that's very funny to be like well she's gone now so i won't mm-hmm. think about her ever again boone tells saeed to stay away from shannon uh this scene is great Said immediately is just like, oh, okay, well, it sounds like you're ordering me around. Like, he's cl- it, It's so funny. I mean, Boone, this episode is basically just here to, like, fully emasculate Boone. Yeah. Like, he's, I almost sent it, while I was watching the episode, I almost took a screenshot and sent it to you of the scene where he's talking to Brian later on. And they're, like, they're just, it's, it shows both of them in, like, a wide shot. And he's just, like, a foot taller and, like, a foot thicker than Boone. Yeah. Just staring at him. <laughs> and, like, and Boone, everything Boone tries to do this episode, he fully fails at. Uh, and there is usually a bigger, stronger man who is the reason that he failed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's a 60-year-old bald man, and sometimes it's Saeed. And Saeed but, wasn't even taking him seriously. Like, No, that's the worst part. He, he did not, like, yeah. get, like, he, like, started laughing almost. Right. Oof. It's like a twelve. It's like if Boone was like Shannon's twelve-year-old brother, mm-hmm. and said like, "Hey, you better stop hanging out with my sister." Said would have had the same reaction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they uh, Boone and Locke start walking towards the hatch, and Locke talks about how they're going to need Said, so don't make an enemy of him. And Boone tells him, "Hey, people are you know wondering about the boar," and Locke says, "No, what we're doing right now is uh, more important than the boar." And they they show the hatch, which is now in, like, a different area of the island. It was, like, on a hill last time we saw it. It's one of those things that's just, when you watch the episodes too close together, you realize. Because uh, that was right before the Christmas break, if I remember right, mm-hmm. when they discovered the hatch. But now it's in a little clearing. They've still made, like, no progress on it. I mean, that is an interesting, like, dilemma. Because how do you get that open? Yeah. I guess if you hit anything with, like, rocks enough in the same place like eventually it'll degrade but well i guess that's the point of the show we'll figure it out as they go on they should get michael on the case yes he should uh, build a contraption yes Abs- oh absolutely i mean they could if they gave sight i mean they could probably find all the pieces to like a missile in the uh 
in the plane wreckage, and Saeed could make some comment about, like, yeah. oh, thank God for, like, ICBM smugglers, and then, and then uh, you know, he could just take an hour and a half to put it together, and then it'll be good to go. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> it's kind of amazing that they haven't looped anybody in yet, because it's just Locke and Boone, who at yes. this point is just, like, known for effing things up. Like, he's, he's not, he's one of the more useless people on the island, not because of, like, utility, but because he's guaranteed to mess it up somehow. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which, look, is that eminently relatable to me? Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> That's exactly what my life is like in all areas. But, I mean, yeah, it is interesting, too. We, it's it's so slow with this kind of stuff. Like, no spoilers here, folks, but we're on episode 13, and there is 25 episodes in this first season. So you can wonder about how long we're going to be staring at this same hatch. But we haven't even seen them attempt to open it yet. We've just seen them yeah. like, imply that they're going to. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, most shows, I feel like, would have had some scene of them like banging the axe on it and then realizing there wasn't even a scratch and then like you know scratching their heads while they look at it. Like, there's nothing like that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. And in this episode, they don't do anything either. This is like Locke's like, pregame where he's trying to get Boone ready to start opening it. Mm-hmm. Um, Hurley, Hurley asks Jack about his diet, and then Jack says, well, what have you been eating? Hurley goes through a list of things that are just fruit, and then he says, hey, yeah, you need, like, some kind of protein. Now, nobody has been bringing back boar, so, like, presumably nobody has been eating any protein, so I don't know really why Jack even had to ask. They've all mm-hmm. been eating the exact same things, I assume. And I also think it's important... To recognize that, I mean, this is what, what do we have, like 12, 13, like, extremely attractive people, plus the other, you know, 35 people whose faces we can't ever quite make out because they're blurry, but we can see their shapes in the background. Every single one of those people for the last three weeks has been just having the absolute worst shits of their life. (laughs) And it doesn't really come up again besides this, but I do think it's something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Mm-hmm. Jack suggests that Hurley ask Jin for help with fishing, and Hurley thinks that Jin hates him. Hurley, not not great this episode. No, mm-mm. I was not super into his whole deal. Did not like that. No. And, it, like, it's, it's bad enough, and I know it's 2005, but he's been making comments about them being, like, Chinese throughout the yeah. series, and he said that thing, like, he... Ruined his, ruined his family honor and it's just like yeah so cringy watching it now yeah it's pretty bad he's he's not uh on his a game no um and most of the time i would say a hurley like c c plot type story is great i'm always gonna love a little bit of hurley or you know even when he's put into some of the the bigger plots but uh, yeah, this one was just kind of, I, kind. But this scene and the um, the sea urchin scene are both ones where I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, this is just not really doing it for me. Yeah, yep, same here. It is great though. I we mentioned it before. Matthew Fox has talked about how much fun him and uh, Jorge Garcia get to have every time they did one of these scenes where it's just the two of them getting to have like a little bit more of a comedic scene and I do love watching it and thinking mm-hmm. about that every single time. Good chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do have good chemistry. And speaking of good chemistry, we have two more characters, one of whom is also still Jack. Kate is off gathering seeds in the jungle and Jack is stalking Lurking. Her. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's uh, just out of sight. Um, except not really because she sees him, I guess. This is basically, I mean... This is a mirror, almost, of the beginning of the last episode, right? With uh, Sawyer following Kate through the jungle. Yeah. She just didn't throw a rock this time. She's talking about how she's gathering seeds. She's got a bunch of weird grayish-yellowish things. Um, I There's, like, I don't know. They have chemistry. There's some sexual tension, for sure. The timeline of the show does show us that, like, 12 hours ago, she was, like, sobbing and screaming at him while yeah. he was like clutching her arm and shouting at her yeah so, they made like, it so fast yeah they really did mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's Jack and Kate are like a box of chocolates. Uh, you don't know which one you're going to get until the episode starts. Yeah, I mean, it's just they're completely, they're completely different characters this episode, which is fine. I enjoy these characters a lot more than I do the ones from last episode. So oh, that's same good. here. I'd rather yeah. see awkward Jack than like toxic. Yeah, than uh, abusive borderline boyfriend. abusive. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that is the interesting thing, right? Is like the. I guess it was fake in this episode, so maybe that's on purpose. But, like, this episode tries to set up an actual abusive relationship, and it does not feel as toxic as Jack and Kate were last yeah. episode. Mm-hmm. Sun is uh, building a garden, and Jack says it's good to have with the boar running out. I do agree. And also, I mean, you would think everybody would have a garden at this point. Again, they're just sitting around doing nothing. That's, I mean, that's a perfect activity. But, like, how long does it take before you get something edible from that? Like, months, right? Like... Yeah. Best case scenario is, like, there's a plant that is edible that grows within, like, a month. And mm -hmm. you can get something out of it. But, like, that's not really an answer to the boar running out. But it's cool. And I'm, I'm proud of Sun for starting that garden. I think it's mm -hmm. great. Yeah, so far, Sun and Jin are, like, the only two people on the island who, like, really have their shit together when it comes to preparing food and stuff like that. Like... Yeah. And getting herbs and... I mean, I know Locke hunts boar, but otherwise, it's kind of, like, a lot of times it feels like it's up to them, almost, to, like, get the remedies or... It feels a little unfair. It's good to have some fish backup when Locke decided to make, like, LSD paste instead of yeah. uh, hunt boar. Yeah, it is wild. It is wild, actually, that it is just them two. And I guess Kate, too. Kate is mm -hmm. trying to do something here. Uh, which I guess we saw her gathering fruit in the last episode, too, so maybe that's, that's what true. it was for. She also says that she thinks Locke is not catching boar on purpose, uh, because why would he want to help everyone out if the boar is starting to run dry or something like that. It's weird that everyone is suspicious of Locke. In the, like, Jack is suspicious, Saeed seems like he is, and they're all right to be, but I would just assume, like, yeah, hunting boar is hard. Yeah. It's not crazy that he wouldn't find a boar in, like, a week or something like that. Yeah, agreed. And I think that, like, I know that they're trying to build the audience's suspicions by, like, having these conversations and stuff. But I feel like Michael has, like, the best case for, oh, yeah, Locke's a weirdo. Like, he should have been in this episode. Yeah, he was Talking barely, shit yeah. on the beach. Yeah. I think him and Sawyer might have had the exact same amount of lines, which was one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And we'll, we'll get to it more. But it is also... I wonder how the show thinks we're supposed to feel about Locke in this episode, too. Yeah. That feels like it's a more purposeful, like, gray area. Whereas Boone, see, I don't really know what they're going for. Um, True. But at the hatch, um, Boone talks, says that the, the everything they've tried, whatever that was, hasn't worked. And that he thinks it might be cemented shut. Um, and Locke is mixing up a bowl of something that he says what they'll need for later. Uh, Boone says, how long are we going to sit here and stare at this thing? And then Locke tells a story about Michelangelo. Is I believe how he pronounces it. I've never heard anyone pronounce it like that. Maybe that's the correct pronunciation, and I'm just a, a philistine. But he says that uh, Michelangelo's father beat him uh, for being an artist, and so he learned to not use his hands. And he stared at a piece of marble for four months until eventually he created uh, the statue of David out of it. Um, what do you think about this story? I just. It was hard not to laugh at Locke comparing himself to Michelangelo. Yes, for like, sure. What are you saying, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> what did you think of it? Uh, well, what I thought was, is this true? And so I looked it up, and uh, no, it is not. That is it's not, not the case. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that Michelangelo's father was maybe, it, it seems like he maybe wasn't super crazy about him being a... Um, an artist early on, like very early on. But when Michelangelo was 14, his father basically made another one of his business contacts um, hire Michelangelo as a painter. So, like, he he wasn't, like, as opposed to it. There isn't any record of him beating him 
for being an artist, at least. I guess that's is what I'm such saying. a weird thing to throw into a show that's made yes. up. And then the staring at marble is also not true. Like the marble had already been purchased. And then when Michelangelo was given the contract for the Statue of David, he had to start out, start on uh, the sculpture within a month, and which he did. And at that point, the sculpture had already been started. I believe the feet had been, like, started to make shape. I don't know if it had been completed or anything like that, but... I feel lied to. I know. Here's my question. Do we think that Locke knows that that is a lie? Mm. Or do we think that he believes it? I think he believes it. Kind of like what you were just saying, where he's clearly comparing himself to Michelangelo here. I Uh, think he believes it, too. In flashback, Boone shows up in Australia, and Brian answers the door. Let me ask you, and this is a very weird question, uh, I am aware, but a vibe that I got from Brian, whoever the guy is, the actor playing him, is that this is the first time in his entire life... He's ever worn a polo shirt. Oh. Did, did you get that vibe as well? I I didn't get that vibe, but now I kind of want to go back and, and just, watch that scene. He looks like he's never had a collar around his neck in his entire life until they like gave him the wardrobe for this. I hate to say it based on the context of like this episode, but he absolutely should be wearing like a wife beater. Yeah. Um, he needs to be well, wearing he kind of no is. sleeves. In the next scene, right? And he looks very yeah, comfortable on that. He looks very comfortable on that. He was a lot more in his element. Well, and also him threatening Boone helps as well. That seems mm-hmm. like that's right up his alley as well. This guy, Brian, answers the door. Shannon's inside. They are getting ready to go clubbing at like 2.30 in the afternoon. She says that she's fine and then kind of moves her hair aside. And you can see a big bruise on her forehead. And she tells Boone to come back later. Uh, so he leaves. Now for this, I, I, there's a few ways that I feel like this episode... I think that the way that the episode wants you to think is that Shannon conned Boone. She wasn't being abused and she made it up so that she could get the money and then split it with Brian or whatever. And then mm-hmm. she, this time, got conned and he took all the money. And so she was vulnerable and went to Boone later on. But that, I don't know if that's... I, I guess that's what it, they're trying to get us to think. But also it's just... There's no, she's not just walking around with, like, a bruised makeup on her forehead, right? Like, she, I, it, I don't know if it was if she was actually in a bad relationship here or not. It's hard to tell, like, what is going on, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Because, like, even if she were like, oh, hey, we're going to con my stepbrother, like, hit me. Yes. As hard as you can on the head, so I have a bruise, like... That's pretty fucked up, too, like, even if she was <laughs> yeah. consenting to it. So yeah. I think, like, all around really bad situation. Yes. But I know that, like, the show wants you to think that she's just this evil siren that, like... Com- but I think that there's some... There's reason to be sympathetic to her situation as well. I think that even if she treated Boone poorly, she is still... he's still getting her out of a bad situation with what he's doing. Like, ultimately, this is maybe the only thing that he ever succeeds at on the show. Mm -hmm. So Hurley asks Jin for help, um, but Jin just kind of walks away. I'm so desperate to know what he was saying to him. I know. I, uh, there's gotta be a, I'll have to look at that. There's gotta be somebody who's translated it. Or maybe I will just learn Korean for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. I wonder if it's just pure, it, it, it would be so funny. I mean, it's not. Obviously, Korean speakers watched the show, so it's not like they like gave anything away. But like, it would be so funny if it was just, oh yeah, so I saw this monster running through the jungle. It's actually mm-hmm. like a big old brontosaurus or something like that. Boone uh, and Locke are walking back to camp and saying and Boone saying hey we're gonna have to tell everyone eventually Locke disagrees and says they're not ready but Boone says okay well I need to tell Shannon at least like she's getting suspicious she deserves to know Locke asks him why and Boone says she's uh special in a lot of ways yeah I mean Locke presumably has no idea about their history but I have to assume that he got some real bad vibes off of that sentence mm-hmm and uh, Locke, you know, says, hey, are you sure you want to do this? Like, have you thought through all the ramifications? And Boone says yes, but he clearly didn't because knock, or Locke knocks him out, uh, smacks him on the back of the head. 
thus continuing our streak. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And then Boone wakes up, and he is tied up. Have you ever tied anyone up, uh, you know, like that, Emma? No, I have not. Okay. So, like, uh, if you were like, hey, I gotta knock this guy out, oh, and I need to tie him up, how would you do it? Here's what, and I'll, I'll just start off. What I would do is I would go to a tree, and I yes. would just put his arms kind of, like, behind the tree. Sure. Or behind him around the tree. And then I would tie his two arms together. And then that's Classic. how I would do it. Yeah. I, I What I wouldn't do is have a an elaborate series of, like, rope pulleys to, like, put him in the doofiest-looking way possible. I mean, it had to be this way so that he could, like, stretch himself out to get a knife, obviously. But I don't, I don't know. Is The implication here is supposed to be that Locke is, like, really into, like, a bondage thing. Yeah. I don't know. He definitely knew how to tie someone up like that. So yeah. he is either a serial killer or kinky. I have and a lot of questions. God, God knows which one is worse. So, Boone is tied up, uh, looking like a damn freak. Locke is making some kind of weird jello with a coconut mortar and pestle that he has. And he puts it on Boone's wound and tells him, uh, it's so it doesn't get infected. We later find out it's a hallucinogen. Uh, of some sort that I guess Locke knows how to make or brought with him. Never explained at all. Mm-hmm. And he leaves Boone a knife but puts it just out of reach so that Boone will have to really struggle to get to it. Uh, back in a flashback, maybe the most realistic uh, part of this episode, Boone is at the Australian police and they are 100% unhelpful when he's trying to report domestic violence to them. The cop makes, like, a solid point, though, to be like, okay, no blood relation. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, Boone says, uh, the, the cop is astonished that a brother and sister would have, like, different last names. Yeah, um, okay. And then, and then Boone says, well, she, she's my stepsister, technically. So, and then the cop writes, oh, all right, no blood relation, and then he looks directly into the camera and says... So everything that happens in the rest of this episode is okay. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. He, they really spell it out for us. These two are not blood related. Boone says that Shannon has been married at some point. Feels like maybe the episode should have been about that. I would love to yeah. know who she got married to. We also see Sawyer in this uh, being dragged in by the Australian police. This is the... F no, let me think. Saeed, we did not know. We don't know why Saeed went to Australia, and we don't know why Sawyer went to Australia. Every other character, we have seen their flashbacks for why they were there. So Sawyer was doing something where he was getting rowdy and uh, getting arrested in Australia. <laughs> but yeah, the, the police are just completely unhelpful. He, like, seems bored and can't even remember Shannon's name while he's talking to Boone. Mm -hmm. Boone is the exact... I mean, Boone tries to name drop his mommy... And says, oh, my mom's actually a, she's the Martha Stewart of matrimony. Like, that's such a funny thing, like, to try and name drop your own mom for, like, a wedding. Like, oh, this, even if, like, she was intensely famous, you think this Australian detective pays any attention to, like, the wedding wedding dress designer or right. like, whatever she is? Like, Well, even if his mom was Martha Stewart. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. That cop does not care. My mother is the Martha Stewart of humanity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that cop was... He probably was not writing anything down on that report. <laughs> like, I don't... He was... He's as unhelpful as it gets. Um, mm -hmm. So, of course... Oh, he also says this, which is, again, the most realistic thing. He says, sadly, we're the police, not the dating police. This is one of the least clever things you could say. Like, this doesn't... You think that he would come up with a second thing that wasn't just... <laughs> yeah, sadly, we're the police, not the dating police. It's just a terrible line. But it also is perfectly in step with, like, police humor. So He's very much in character. Yeah, he was perfect. Both actor, yeah. That's Wallace. what I'm saying. Yeah, mm -hmm. I hope he comes back. Um, maybe he will in a Sawyer episode. Or maybe not. Uh, Boone decides to take matters into his own hands. So he goes to confront Brian. He says, I'll give you 25000 to leave Shannon. And uh, Brian says, what, over for love? You, you're going to give me money? And he says, all right, how much is it? And he says, oh, I guess it's worth like 50000 I don't 100% understand this plan. Uh, he just writes him a check and 
doesn't get any kind of promise or like get Shannon out of there first or anything like that. Presumably, if this guy is beating her, he doesn't have a great set of morals. Yeah. So like, I don't know how well you said you were going to is going to cut it when he's already cashed your check, but nobody's accused Boone of being competent. So Kate realizes that Sun can speak English uh, at the garden. She starts talking and Sun smiles at something she says. And Sun asks her not to tell. When, hmm. if I can just back up for a second. Of course. Do you think that she was really like, I was planning on going to Bali. I travel all the time. Do you think that she was really planning that? Or do you think that she was just like trying to live out some fantasy in her head? Like, I don't understand why she was, how that even got brought up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. I don't know. Maybe it could be that with whatever Kate did, which of course we don't know, um, it could be that she's just like, well, I'm just going to go see all the places that I want to see now because I sure. have to leave anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is great, too, with the context of knowing that Sun does know that she's a fugitive. Uh, I think based on the last week's episode where Jack and Kate were talking about it in front of her, thinking that she couldn't speak English. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why Sun was smiling, which because she knew Kate was completely full of it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I just hope that someday she does get to go to Bali. Um, like she's always wanted. (laughs) Hurley is trying to fish. He's using, instead of the spear, now he's using like, uh, two poles with his shirt tied to it to try and catch fish. Like he sees Jin using a net. You know, there's vines and stuff in the jungle. You could probably make a net, Hurley. Like you don't have to use a shirt, uh, a thing that 100% is guaranteed to not work. But he quits... Says, all right, fine, you win, and starts to walk away, and he steps on a sea urchin, and he, uh, there's a whole bunch of comedy here, he tells Jin to pee on it, I mean, I think Daniel Day Kim is actually pretty funny in this scene, I just, I'm, I have trouble feeling all that sympathetic to Hurley. Yeah, oh, I hated this, I hated every minute of this. I think, is this the scene too, where he... I mean, I actually, it was kind of funny. The uh, He's talking about how there's a rumor going around that Jin can speak English. Oh, yeah. And then to try and get him to break, he says, your wife is hot. Mm-hmm. Um, that is great. And it does feel like if Jin could speak English, that absolutely would have gotten Jin to beat the shit out of Hurley. So yeah. I think we can assume Jin doesn't speak English, but maybe not. He specifically knows how to say no P. Yeah. And we know that for sure. <laughs> know that. So maybe the rest of the language will come with time. <laughs> in the jungle, Saeed tries to make a compass. Uh, he has an arts and crafts set, I guess. He has a cork and a, like, this is one of those things where it's like, this is like the low budget way to just make a compass if you were at home and you want to, like, do something fun with your six-year-old. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, why would they have all that on the island? It, someone brought a Tupperware bowl with them, I guess, and then a needle, I guess you could find... And, like, a sewing kit, but, like, someone had a cork with them. Like, (laughs) Saeed is, like, the master of finding. Yeah, I guess. Things that you'd never expect on an airplane. He found it next to those, like, bright purple pumps. Yeah. A a, a cork and a needle. So, (laughs) Locke comes across him uh, and talks about how he used to be a Weebolo, which is, I guess, a Boy Scout. Have you you heard of that term? Yeah. I have, I was never really into, like, the scout stuff. I don't, I don't know how good, like, it doesn't seem like those are real survival skills, right? It's kind of just a place for, like, people to hang out. I guess boys specifically for Boy Scouts. Like, do I they, think I don't some know. of it can be. Like, mm-hmm. I know that there's camping skills and, and stuff like that that they learn. Yeah, I guess that's true. But I don't think that, like, a Boy Scout... I mean, but, I, maybe, did they teach you how to, like, tie someone up with one, like, yeah. hog tie them or whatever? Maybe that's where Locke learned it. Maybe that's the implication. Maybe. Yeah. He got a badge. He got the, the BDSM badge. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, seems like you can pretty safely say, today, I'm not going to put my kid in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, maybe you just uh, don't do that one anymore. Um and now, have you heard this? These liberal snowflakes are letting girls into the Boy Scouts now. Have you seen this? Ugh, it's they sickens would. me. 
girls can't camp. They can sell cookies and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's such a funny... <laughs> that's such a funny Find thing. something else to get mad about. I know. That's such a, like... You're mad about the Boy Scout? Like, <laughs> you should be mad that the Boy Scouts still exist. Yeah. Every, like, weird abuse that they have, like, covered up and you're mad that they're letting girls in. And then they try to... Well, you know, we don't need to... This isn't the Boy Scout hour. We can't... I can't go into my hatred of this organization. Um, next episode, I, though. We yeah, do touch next, on it quite a bit. Yeah, for sure. I mean, next episode. Absolutely. I'll bring out the the case... The empty case for merit badges that I have. That <laughs> never... You know... That's a good Lost Origin story, actually. You got kicked out of the Boy Scouts. <laughs> but it didn't happen to Locke. Um, and he gives Saeed his nice compass. His good one. And he says he doesn't need it anymore. Uh, presumably because the island shows him where he needs to go. This seems like a nice scene. I, Saeed is later, like, very suspicious about it, which I think is weird. Yeah. But maybe, I mean, maybe he's just figured out Locke is up to something. Locke is being just all over the place this episode. Yeah. Like, he's being charming right after he, like, yeah, roped somebody up. Like, yeah. yeah, it's very strange. Erratic. I mean, he's... The problem is, he is charming. Like, yeah, he is. Terry O'Quinn is just fantastic. He also, like, really... Like, there's the scene later on where Jack is like, Oh, you and Boone are, like, attached at the hip. And then Locke goes, Oh, well, let me check my hip up. Look at that, no Boone. Like, he perfectly... Island Daddy. Yeah, he's the, he gets that, like, old man performative joke thing mm-hmm. so perfectly that, like... It might just be Terry O'Quinn being a fantastic actor, but it just makes it feel so genuine. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's weird that he, yeah, knocks people out, puts them in the jungle. Boone, as he's tied up, uh, hears Shannon screaming, and then hears whatever that monster is, Roar. Um, he manages to strain himself and finally get the knife, cuts himself free, and then goes and finds her, and they run. And then they hide in, like, a little you know, thicket of trees that they find to get away from the monster. I don't know if they talk here. They might talk in a later scene. I do think that, like, obviously knowing this is all in Boone's mind makes those conversations really funny to me. Just because it's like Shannon is being really mean, but it's just Boone being mean to himself. Mm-hmm. Saeed shows Jack uh, the compass that Locke gave him and shows how it doesn't work. It's, like, a little bit off. So he says that uh, short of a magnetic anomaly, nothing would do this, but then he just says, oh, well, the compass must be broken. I don't know if we're supposed to think there is an actual magnetic anomaly, but uh, I Saeed think the is... audience is supposed to think that, and yeah. the, the characters are not ready to think that yet. I guess. Right? Is that kind it's... of the impression you got? Like, But it seems like Saeed should know at this point. I mean, he's reading... Yeah. And it's also, like, it's the supernatural island. Like, you guys figure that out, like... The... What do you think that big cable that goes under the ocean does, Saeed? Yeah, seriously. It, it powers something, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Back in flashback, Boone goes to Shannon and Brian's house to pick up Shannon. Um, but turns out she conned him. The money was just a ploy for them to rip off Boone, and then now Boone has to go... Brian beats him up until Shannon makes him stop. Oof. Yeah, pretty rough. Uh, yeah, Boone gets, like I said, just fully 100% emasculated this episode. I wonder what... Like, I read an interview with Ian Summerhalder where he was talking about this and about, like, how, like, completely not like Boone he is. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because, like, he grew up on, like, a farm in Louisiana. And so, like, all of the stuff that Boone has trouble doing, he just would have no trouble doing it. I wonder, That's really funny. Yeah, I wonder if he really just had to, like, after this episode in particular, had to really, you know, drive that home in interviews. Because mm-hmm. uh, this just <laughs> makes him look like such a wuss. Uh, Jack, Jack, ooh, Locke and Jack talk on the beach. And, um, yeah, they have that little conversation about Boone. And Locke says that he thinks that the boar are clearing out to a different side of the island. Uh, somewhere that they are, I, I guess, still fully unwilling to ever check out. Uh, but they don't want to explore this island no matter what. Kate asks why Sun won't tell Jin uh, that she speaks English. And Sun is, like, pretty vague about it. She just basically says, oh, it's because I love him. Haven't you ever lied to somebody that you love? Uh, this does clear up absolutely nothing. Yeah. 
But I guess for the audience, it is good to hear because if Sun loves him, that makes it seem a lot... Like, it, it puts the context of her staying at the airport. Like, it doesn't feel like she was doing it just because she was afraid of him. Right. Yeah. It makes their relationship softer. And this, I mean, later on, there's that scene where uh, Jin gives Hurley the fish and then goes and talks to Sun, and they're off in the corner. And I don't even think you can hear their dialogue, but they're just talking together. And you're mm-hmm. just watching, and you're like, oh, that is, like, they do look sweet together. Um, yeah. Jack asks Charlie uh, how Charlie's doing. Seems like he's not doing good, but Jack, I guess, was just really using it as a pretense to ask about Locke. So, like, Jack is definitely suspicious of Locke at this point. Yeah. And Charlie says that he trusts Locke more than any person on the island to save them, which gotta suck to the guy that, you know, you, uh, that, like, saved your life, like, two episodes ago, (laughs) that, like... Uh, you still trust Locke more. I think that that's yeah. such a funny thing. Well, Charlie was... Like, he couldn't see Jack doing the <laughs> ridiculous CPR. So, I mean, he doesn't he, know. Maybe he, yeah, if his eyes were closed, he could have just thought it was Locke that did it. Yeah. Maybe Jack just needs to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jin gives Hurley a sea urchin. And Hurley tries to eat it, but uh, throws it up. This made me so mad. This made me so mad. Sea urchin is good. Is it? I've never had it. It is good. It tastes good. Like, I've never had it right out of the ocean like that. And I guess if you're not acclimated to seafood, but if you're somebody who has only been eating fruit and you're starved for protein, that's going to taste pretty good to you. It just made me so sad. Yeah. I am sorry. I did not, I was not a Hurley fan this episode. No, and I know I, that's no, like supposed to be a comedic, like, oh, he puked up the sea urchin, but I did not think it was funny. It's just a, mad it's, about it. It's a pretty boring punchline. There's like, there's yeah. no real spin on it that makes it like fun for Lost. It's just he throws up. Like I guess, yeah. and, you know, they do it off screen because they can't even show it on network television in 2005. Yeah, I agree. It's it's it doesn't really do low hanging fruit. Did not like it. I mean, it's. We should really be glad that he didn't, like, as he was about to eat the sea urchin, say thank you for this Chinese delicacy or anything yeah. like that. So <laughs> it I think could have been we really worse. Gotta, yeah, it could have been worse. Um, <laughs> Michael has found his bag, and he finds he has a box that he's like looking into, and then when Walt comes by, he uh, he closes it real quick. So maybe we'll find out what's in there. Uh, Walt and Vincent are just like running around playing, and Michael's watching them. Uh, very cute. That's all Very we're getting cute. from Michael this scene or this episode, so I guess we got to cherish it. Hurley comes over, uh, complains about stepping on a sea urchin, and then Jin comes and gives him a completely cleaned fish. Uh, that's incredible. I'd be thrilled. Very cute. Yeah. 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 It does make it seem like Jin is at least trying. Mm-hmm. Jin is great because like you do want to know like what he's thinking and saying like you like mm-hmm. earlier like. You just want to know any kind of... He has no interiority at, up till this point on the show at all. So, like, I, you, you really wonder, like, does he actually like Hurley? Is he just giving him a fish to make him go away? What do you think it is? I think that he is... Uh, I get the vibe that he's just really bad. I think he's got that kind of, like, I don't want to talk about my emotions type thing. Yeah. And he, So he's really bad at putting himself out there in any way. That's at least sure. the vibe that I get. But then again, like, also, we've talked about it before. He gives off some pretty bad, you know, vibes early on in the show. Where he mm-hmm. seems, like, borderline abusive as well. So, uh, that's uh, hard to reconcile a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack gives Kate some guava seeds, which she is just thrilled about. And again, we do need to remember that, like, 16 hours ago, they were screaming at each other in this exact spot. And everyone had to pretend they didn't hear it. So, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that's great that they're flirting, though. So, Shannon and Boone are making their way back to camp, and Shannon is just... Yeah, that's right. She's just giving shit to Boone for trusting Locke and wondering what he did to make Locke hate him. And the uh, the monster catches up with them again, and this time it actually gets Shannon, and she rises up into the air. This part made me jump. The, the catching catching her? When it, like, came out of nowhere, yeah, I had a little jump in my seat. 
Well, it's... Uh, did you, like, shake your popcorn so much that it just fell <laughs> yeah. all around you? Yes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. It does... I mean, when you're watching this episode for the first time and you don't know that this is a hallucination, it, it would be absolutely crazy for Shannon to, like, die right here. That's what I... Um, like, I kind of had to ask myself, like, I think this is a hallucination, but is it... She actually did? Yeah. In flashback... Yeah, so in flashback, here it is. The 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 scene that everyone was talking about. Uh, Shannon shows up at Boone's hotel room. Turns out Brian conned her, took the money. Um, she tells Boone that she knew that he would bring the money because he's in love with her. And then uh, she starts kissing him. He kind of says, stop it, stepsister, who I'm not related to. And No uh, blood relation. The, yeah, no blood relation. <laughs> yeah. When he opens the door, oh, hey, it's Shannon, the woman I'm not related to in any way but blood. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they start uh, going at it, and they, they get down. This is uh, pre-Game of Thrones, and pre the insane, like, boom in popularity for, like, step-sibling porn. Mm-hmm. Do you think if this episode had come out, like, six years later, it would have been hailed as a masterpiece? It's possible. Yeah. No. I mean, no. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, this is just such a weird, I mean, this is awful, awful vibes in this scene with, uh, Shannon and Boone. It feels so, it's, the, the hotel room is, like, weird and moody. Like, I think it's actually directed pretty well here, but I just don't, I think part of the problem with this, and obviously it's a problem with the whole of the show, or, you know, a good thing, too, depending on how you look at it, but they didn't have this in mind for Boone and Shannon from the beginning. Like, it feels like... They didn't have this in mind for them? No, they didn't know their backstory at all. Like, up until last episode, I think they they were just regular brother and sister, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. think until they started trying to figure out Boone's backstory did they come up with this. So, I it just doesn't... It seems weird. It makes Shannon feel like a real manipulator when it doesn't seem like she is that way on the island. I mean, I guess she tried to manipulate Charlie into getting the fish, and she did, but it just... I don't know. Um, it just doesn't quite feel right for them. It feels really gross, especially yes. like watching everything up until this point and kind of going back and thinking about it with that lens. Like there's that scene when I think that the wild boar first appear and Boone and Shannon are like cuddling. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. And it's kind of like weird. It's like, oh, well, why are they doing that? But I I don't know. And just like the back and forth that they have and the jabs that they have at each other, I this makes it even more gross. Like it could have been just a sibling dynamic and I would have been cool with that. But then they had yes. to add in this. And I mean, ugh, they were raised together. They were like kids together. So like it's just kind of... Gross. Well, I, we, don't, we don't really know when their parents got married, I don't think. Um, well, he says at the police station that he was 10 and she was 8 when they moved oh, in, right? Maybe I missed that part. Yeah, well then, yeah, that's that really sucks. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I, maybe I need to watch that scene again. But I thought that he had told the officer that they moved in together when they were young. No, you uh, you absolutely could be right. Yeah, I. It's just a very weird. It's a weird dynamic, and it's it's weird because they've had what however long they've been on the the island now, like a month maybe something like that, where it hasn't even come up, or like mm-hmm. really influenced anything. So it doesn't feel like it's going to do anything going forward. And then what are their flashbacks going to be now? Like it's just yeah. a very weird situation. I do I do love the shot of. Shannon turning on the lights, and she's, like, ten feet away from Boone, fully dressed, sitting in the chair, while he's, uh, you know, lying on the bed. Uh, it's just, like, like the supervillain turning turning around in the chair type of Yeah, shot. yeah. And Shannon says that when they get back to L.A., something that they never end up doing, of course, uh, that things will just go back the way that they used to be. And then she tells him to get dressed. Boone is... Looking for Shannon, he goes to the river where he sees that someone has dropped a bucket of bright red paint. 
And then further up the river is Shannon's body. Uh, she's dead. She's like eviscerated by mm-hmm. by this thing. And he's, you know, sitting there holding her, freaking out. And then I guess, I don't know what he does. He must just leave her body there or something, or at least in his mind. He runs and attacks Locke when he finally gets back to the camp. And luckily, Locke, uh, 40 years his senior, uh, manages to stop Boone from attacking him with a knife. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Boone, yeah, just completely ineffectual. Like, even even if Boone, like, made bad decisions and that kind of stuff, like, he's a really in-shape young guy. He yeah. should be able to take Locke. Like, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. But yeah, Boone can't do it. Um, and then it turns out Shannon's fine. Locke drugged him. He, <laughs> Boone says, you drugged me, and then Locke says, I gave you an experience that I believe is vital to your experience on this island. It gives me the same feeling that, like, when people... Like, he just... he His complete mood changed when he said that. And it just made me think of people who were like, Oh, yeah, I took acid once and, like, it, like, fully changed my perspective. And, mm-hmm. like, I saw a different dimension or... And I got all this different, you know, perspective on my life now. Which, maybe that's what Locke is. I mean, it's such a weird plot line. Right? Like, we, how would Locke know that that's what was going to be shown to Boone? You can't just give someone a, a targeted hallucinogen like that. Like, But it makes me think, and I know that you've seen the show multiple times, so you mm-hmm. probably already know the answer to this, but, like, it makes yeah. me wonder if Locke aliens. had, like, a similar... Yeah, aliens. Oh, okay. If, if Locke had a similar experience when he, like, looked the island in the eye... Sure. Or whatever, like he had some more spiritual journey and he yeah. is just trying to like make people have that journey one by one. Yes. I think well, I think even regardless of whether or not it that was the case, I think Locke believes that he's letting the island show Boone a vision. Yeah. Because you know, he says like they it's an experience that's like vital for him. Like I think he really thinks that Boone has to go through this before they can keep uh before they can keep going for this hatch. Mm-hmm. Boone says that he felt relieved when Shannon died, which, uh, that's another thing where I'm just like, you, you gotta do a little bit more to earn that kind of reaction, I think, guys. Like, that doesn't really... Yeah. That doesn't really track. I, I can understand. I can see a great scene or, like, concept coming from that. Boone finally realizing that he doesn't have this responsibility or, like, he's free of Shannon. I just didn't get it in this episode. And that's like a common response to caregiver burnout. And mm-hmm. he is, Boone is not anywhere near that. Like, he didn't even know where she was. Right. Like, his idea of caregiving is just like showing up in a plane, paying somebody off, and then what, jetting off again and yeah. coming back home? Like, I don't know. It just, I wasn't sold on it. Yeah. It, it just, yeah, it just doesn't quite land. All of this, mm-hmm. it, whatever they're trying to make you feel, I don't think that it really hits. Um, I don't think that this is as bad as last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think it might be because there's so many other little plots, whereas last week really only had, like, the Charlie and, and Rose, uh, like, subplot, and otherwise everything had to do with the case. So may, maybe that helps this episode, but... Yeah, this was still a pretty rough one, I think. And then Locke says, uh, it's time to let go and follow me, is his exact words. And then, end of episode. Uh, so this one came in at number 102 out of 120 on IMDb. Okay. Yeah, that checks out. Not the lowest one that we've watched, because whatever the case may be, was like 112 or whatever it was. Uh, so... But it still is definitely on the, the lower ranking of the show. And I would say that's about right. Mm-hmm. I wish we had gotten more from Shannon in this episode. Yeah. Like, I guess we... I, it is her in the flashbacks. So it's not like we get nothing of Shannon. But we don't really get any insight to her at all. Which I think would have been good. But, I mean, they don't really... They don't really do, like, double... Like, even in, like, the Jin and Sun flashback episode, it was just about Sun. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, Jin was just a character in it. So maybe next time we get a Shannon episode, we'll get a little bit more insight. Yeah. I Do we get one this season? We do not. 
Okay. I, I can say that we don't get another Shannon episode. And we don't, as far as I know, I don't think we get another Boone episode this season either. I'm sure we will have at least two more Jack episodes before we get to either of them. So, sure, yeah. Um, next week, uh, episode 14 is special, and that is our first Michael episode. Yay! Um, yeah, thrilled. He uh, needs one badly, so I'm glad that we're finally getting to it. Uh, thank you for listening. Please uh, like, share, subscribe. You know, rub some goop on your head and uh, tell us what you hallucinate when you do. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to hear it. Go text your step-sibling and tell them that you love them. Please. Uh, until In next a platonic week, way. A familial yeah, way. <laughs> yeah. Just tell them that if they got eviscerated by some sort of dinosaur in the jungle, you would not feel relieved about that. And actually, you would feel yeah. pretty bad about it because they're a member of your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and just... That's pretty much all you have to text, so it should be a pretty short one, actually. Well, until next week, get lost. Get lost. Bye.